got that covered. Let's go. We've been talking about the fruit of the Spirit. What is the fruit of the Spirit? It's something that the Holy Spirit should produce in you. Holy Spirit lives in all of us. And um, so he should be producing some things in our life. Uh, and, and he wants to produce. So let's go to Galatians chapter 5 and we'll see what, what he should be producing. Now whether we let him produce it or not, you know, sometimes you can go out and cut your own harvest down before it's grown. Uh, and I think that's what we do with Holy Spirit sometimes. Uh, but he says in Galatians chapter 5, verse 22, he says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. In other words, if you allow Holy Spirit to produce these things in your life, there's no law that you can be held guilty of. Imagine if we would all just begin to use those things in our life. Allow those things to happen in our life. And if you've been here the last two weeks, you know these are sometimes hard. I got a text this week that just said, ouch. That was all it said. <laughs> and I, 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 I replied, I hope that's a good thing. <laughs> but he says, against these things there is no law. Verse 24, he said, and those who are Christ's have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. So it means if you're Christ, you've already crucified the flesh. So the only thing left to do is allow Holy Spirit to start producing things in your life. Verse 25, and if we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. So what does that tell us? There's a difference between living in the Spirit and walking in the Spirit. Living in the Spirit is what we experience in salvation every day. We just live in the Spirit. It's, it's in the Spirit, and he, we're in Him, but there's a difference when we walk in the Spirit. Because I know a lot of people who live in the Spirit, but when you get around them and you see their walk, Kevin, they don't necessarily walk in the Spirit. You know? And how do we know if we're walking in the Spirit? Because we're... we're, we're Producing love, joy, peace, gentleness, mercy, long-suffering. These are the things that are produced. But how many of you are understanding by now, we can't keep sowing to our natural flesh and expect to reap spiritual things? You know why? Because this part of me still wants to do wrong. This part of me still enjoys wrong. Come on, don't act like you don't enjoy wrong. This part of me, left to itself, will get itself in trouble. But he says, I want you to not only live in the Spirit where you are placed in position with Christ, but you need to come out to the point where you're also walking in the Spirit. And you can't sow to your natural self and expect to reap supernatural things. Go to Galatians where 6. Just flip over a page. I'm going to read this out of the Passion Translation. In Galatians 6 and 7 and 8, he says, Make no mistake about it. God will never be mocked. Well, what does he mean? How would, how would we mock God? For what you plant will always be the very thing you harvest. For what you sow, that you'll also reap. Verse 8, The harvest you reap reveals the seed that was planted. So in other words, the things that we're producing... And the things that's coming back into our lives are a result of what I have planted. Well, if Holy Spirit's in me and he should be producing some things in me, that should show what seed I've planted. 
But a lot of times I'm not, I'm not reaping out of the Spirit. I'm reaping out of the mess of my life. Look what he goes on to say. He says, if you plant the corrupt seeds of self, life, into this natural realm, you can expect to experience a harvest of corruption. Whew, that don't sound fun at all, folks. So the question is, then, Michael, why do we do it? You know? He said, so if you sow into the self-life, and he says, in this natural realm, you'll reap a, a harvest of corruption. If you sow the good seeds of spirit life, you will reap the beautiful fruit that grow from the everlasting life of the Spirit. King James says everlasting life. That word is zoe. Really means the God kind of life. When we allow the Holy Spirit in our lives to begin to, sow, to, 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 to produce, then what we're actually going to reap is the God kind of life. God wants you to live His kind of life. Not if I don't want to live my life. I lived my life. I saw what kind of mess that was, Bob. You know, so I have to live his life. But the only way I can do that is I've got to produce the right fruit. And the only way that I can produce the right fruit is when I allow myself to walk in the Spirit and not just live over here in the Spirit. If I am just walking, I'm living in the Spirit, I'm, I'm still apt to sow seeds of my own self. And remember what Webster says. Webster says that fruit, the fruit of the Spirit, is something that is produced. It's the product of seed fertilized and grown. So the thing is, what am I fertilizing most in my life? Am I fertilizing joy? Am I fertilizing love? Or, like we're going to look at today, am I fertilizing peace? I don't have any peace in my life. Well, then you're not living in the Spirit. You might be, I mean, you're not walking, I should say. You might be living in the Spirit. See, everybody wants peace. You look around the world and they, they, they hold protests for peace and they, they do all this other stuff for peace. Everybody's looking for peace. I need peace. So many times we, I've seen people just grab their, their heads and going through so much mental distress saying, I've got to have a little bit of peace. But the only way we can get the kind of peace that passes understanding, the peace that be, beyond what all's going on in our life, that we know that God is moving in us is when we begin to walk in the Spirit of God and walk according to his way. Now, look at the definition of, of Webster said in his 1828 dictionary when he said of peace, he, he said, said peace is a state of quiet tranquility. Don't that sound good? Peace is a state of quiet tranquility. Freedom from disturbance or agitation. Freedom from internal commotion. See, this is what the Holy Spirit should be producing in us. Where you should be free from internal commotion. Where you can lay down at night and your head's not going... You know? And, and, and gentlemen, let me just tell you, we, there's a place in your brain where you can go where nothing happens. And, 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 and women don't understand that. 
I mean, it's scientifically proven there is something that goes on inside of a man where there's nothing happening. And they say, well, what are you thinking about? Nothing. And they don't get that. They don't understand that. I'm really literally thinking about nothing. But why? So we've got to get to the place, and I'm telling you, when you begin to walk in the Spirit, Holy Spirit will produce that in your life. And it doesn't matter. This is not based on what the, the, the scientific makeup of your brain is. This is based on what the position of your spirit is. And when the position of your spirit is beginning to walk in the spirit and you're depending on the Holy Spirit for more and more and more, then all of a sudden, all of this internal commotion, this loudness, this uh, that goes on in our heads begins to get quiet. Because God doesn't want you to live in a place that's full of chaos and screams. Even in your own mind. He wants you walking in a place that's calm. He wants you walking in a place. Freedom from agitation. Everybody is going to have the opportunity to get agitated. But it doesn't mean you have to live there. What a miserable way to live. To constantly be agitated. To constantly be upset. Don't, don't look around. Nobody, you know. But sometimes, I mean... I know, I know people that, I just, yes, I'm, here, here we go, pastor transparency, you ready? There's people I just don't want to be around. <laughs> when, when I was in, in, in substance abuse counseling, we called it psychic vampires. You've been around those? Once you're around them for just a little bit of time and they have wore you out by the time you leave and you're like, I got to breathe, lock my door, shut. They just drained every bit, every bit of the joy I had, every bit of the peace I had. Sometimes life will do you, it'll give you every opportunity to get agitated. But when we walk in the Spirit, we begin to lean on that which is stronger than us. And we begin to lean on that who has promised to meet our needs and to supply our needs. And all of a sudden, the chaos that's going on in my head, I find peace. Sometimes we go looking for commotion too. I, have you ever been around those folks? The ones that always look for something wrong. They're always looking for something wrong. They're not going to be happy unless they can find something wrong. That's when I kind of like, Ugh. yeah, I see, I understand. I get it, I really do. <laughs> I'm making an exit. Why? Because I don't need chaos. I need to allow Holy Spirit that lives in me, God inside me, to allow me to live a life that is free from agitation and disturbance. Let's look at more of that, finish that definition. Freedom from agitation or disturbance by the passions. That might not be up there. From fear, from terror, from anger. From anxiety or the like, it is the quietness of the mind. So, how do I know whether I'm living in the Spirit or walking in the Spirit? If I'm living in fear, terror, anger, anxiety, then I'm doing a good job. I'm on my way to heaven. 
getting more beautiful every day. Some of you will remember that, some of you won't. I'm on my way to heaven, but I'm not walking in the Spirit. Because when I walk in the Spirit, fear, terror, anxiety, anger should be what's getting out of my life because Holy Spirit is producing peace in my life. These are the opposites of what it is. Go to Isaiah 26. We're going to look at some stuff today, and I hope it upsets you. Galen taught in men's breakfast yesterday, and that was one thing he said. He said, if it doesn't make me mad, I don't know if it's good preaching or not. <laughs> Listen, he said in Isaiah 26, uh, verse 3, uh, I'm reading from the Passion. He said, perfect and absolute peace surrounds those whose imagination are consumed with you. They are, and they confidently trust you I think King James says it something like I will set him at perfect peace whose mind has stayed on me I will set him at perfect peace but how can I have this perfect peace he tells me right there my mind has to be on him when I let something else into my mind and I let something else begin to take over my thought life and begin to take over my, my ideas and my attitudes and, and, and all of a sudden I'm letting anger come in and I'm letting these other things come in and it runs peace out. I've went from walking in the spirit that keeps me free from agitation, free from disturbance and I've went over here, I might be okay and I'm going to get to heaven but I'm out here sowing into my own flesh into my own ideas, into my own thoughts. And it produces terror, fear, anxiety. A lot of times we can get rid of the anxiety in our lives is just simply by depending on Holy Spirit. Come on with me. I will set him an absolute peace surrounds those whose imagination, I love that, are consumed with you. So let me ask you, what's your thought life consumed with? Well, I don't have peace in my life. I can't have peace in my life. What do you spend most of your time thinking on? Come on. Y'all are quiet today. What's, where, where does most of your mind go? Because where your mind goes, guess what? The rest of you will follow. And if you, and what's Corinthians tell us? It says, take thought, every, take captive every thought. You've got to take your thoughts captive. Until you take your thoughts captive, you will never be able to walk in this kind of peace where you're just, oh, it's nice. Yeah, but Rome's burning around you. I know, but man, this is good. It's when you grab those thoughts and you say, I will put every thought under the authority of Christ. And if it's not a thought that feeds my spirit, then it's a thought that needs to leave my mind. Because when I have these thoughts in my mind, I need to grab them because eventually my spirit's going to follow. Mm -mm. He said, I will set him in perfect, absolute peace whose imagination has to be on him. So I can't expect peace if my thoughts aren't on him. If I'm, you ever done this? You went through something bad, fill in the blank, whatever your bad thing was, and you lay in bed at night, 
and you come up with every word you could have said. You come, isn't it funny? All the, the, the little pithy things pop in your head. If I would have said that, I'd have won. If I would have said that, I had them. I had them right there. If I would have just said that. And next thing you know, you roll over and it's 345. You've got to get up at 6. And all you've done is sit and relive the argument or relive the bad situation and relive this thing. All, here, hang on. But your stuff's not as bad as my stuff. Everybody goes through hard times. Welcome to life. Well, yours isn't as bad as mine. You didn't live it through. You didn't live it like I did. I'm still in control of my thoughts. I'm still in control of how I think. And if I want perfect peace or this perfect absolute peace, my imagination, my thought life needs to be on him. So whenever these things come and they want to keep me up, it's time for me to change my thoughts. I'm telling you, I'm giving you simple stuff here to make life easy. Go, if you will, to Psalm uh, chapter 4. I think where it is. Oh, Philippians chapter 4. It wasn't Psalm at all. Can't. I typed out my notes and still didn't read them right. <laughs> Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 through 8. I'm reading from the Passion. It says, don't be pulled in different directions or worried about a thing. Uh-oh. Guess what? He didn't say please here. He didn't say it would be a good idea. He said, don't do it. Don't be worried. Who sent me the text this week? I got a text this week. Somebody just sent me a text and said, hey, I was just, or, I was just thinking of Pastor Brent or something like that, and they threw up Bobby McFerrin's, don't worry. Be happy. <laughs> I knew somebody had started. Um, listen, it, this is my idea. This is what I do. He says here, he said, don't be pulled in different directions. And don't worry. Well, if I don't worry about it, somebody's going to have to. Well, let me ask you something. What did you ever fix by worrying about it? What did you ever? Matter of fact, the Word tells us a man can't add one inch to his stature by worrying. How much sleep did you get by worrying about it? How much peace did you get by worrying about it? Let me ask you this. Did your worry ever change a thing? Well, it caused me to do something. No, your action changed a thing. Your worry did nothing but keep you up all night. This is hard stuff, folks. <laughs> he said, don't be pulled in different directions or worried about a thing. Be saturated in prayer throughout each day, offering your faith-filled requests before God with overflowing gratitude. Tell Him every detail of your life. Then God's wonderful peace. Then God's wonderful peace that transcends human understanding will guard your heart and your mind through Jesus Christ. So when I decide I'm going to quit worrying, when I decide I can't fix this, well, I'll do whatever I have to do but me losing sleep all night is not making this better. 
God, I have to come to the point where I trust you. I trust you explicitly. I trust you beyond everything else. I trust you. I trust you. I trust you. You said you would supply all my needs according to your riches and glory. It's in the same chapter here. You said that you would take care of me, and I have to trust you. I can't worry about this no more. I can't fret about this no more. I just can't, God. Sometimes we need to come to the point where you absolutely give up. Well, giving up's not good. Well, it depends on what you're giving up. You need to give up the worrying. You need to give up the fear. You need to give up the terror. You need to give up the anxiety. You've got to realize you can't fix it by thinking on it anyhow. And so you let it go and you get your mind over here and focused on God. And when he becomes the center of your focus, the word says that he'll give you perfect peace. That's a fruit of the spirit. Freedom from agitation. Freedom from turmoil. Oh, Now, now look, look at verse 8 of Philippians 4. Keep your thoughts. All right, whose job is that? Yours. You have to control your thoughts. Keep your thoughts continually fixed on all that is authentic and real and honorable and admirable and beautiful and respectful, pure, holy, merciful, and kind. Now, does that sound like your everyday thought life? <laughs> Does your thought life constantly go through what is beautiful, what is pure, what is holy, what is admirable, what is respectful, what is merciful, what is kind? Oh, my mind, this is what I fill my mind with. This is what I flood my mind with. Oh, I can't do that all the time. Why can't you? He said you could. He said fix your thoughts continually. Y'all with me? Fix your thoughts continually on the good. Listen, folks, your life is like a Polaroid or any other camera. It's only going to produce what it's focused on. Camera can only show you what it's focused on. Your life will is the same way. What your focus is on is what you'll begin to produce. So ask yourselves today, what is my focus? What am I focused on? What am I thought life? What am I thinking on? Because he says... If I do all of these things and fasten, and we'll finish verse 8, and fasten your thoughts on every glorious work of God, praising Him always. You mean I have to think about God all the time? Well, I'll tell you what, that's a whole lot more fun than thinking about how bad it's going. <laughs> you know, that's a whole lot more fun than thinking about what I don't have or what I'm lacking, or what I'm coming up short in, I need to change my thoughts. Because as my thoughts go, my life will go. And so if I want to produce this in my life, then he says he needs to be the center of my attention. Perfect peace comes from those whose minds are fixed on God. So what is your mind fixed on? This is the simplest message in the world today. What is your, I have a, a, a gentleman that I know that's a pastor in West Virginia. Well, he was. He's turned it over to his son now. But anyhow, big church, seven, eight hundred people. Uh, 
we were talking one day about doing counseling, pastoral counseling and things like that. And he said, I'll tell you how I do it. I said, okay. He says, I tell people before they ever meet with me for counseling, they have to come, I think it was five or six services in a row. They can't miss. But they have to come for five or six services in a row. He says, generally, before, when, it, when, the, when it comes time to set the appointment, I never have to meet with them. He said, because where their mind got settled on an issue, their mind got settled on Christ. They came and they were focused on that. He said, it just seems like everything they wanted to talk about had resolved itself. When he becomes the center of our focus, if, if he's not, then fear comes, anxiety comes. All of this other stuff comes because there's nothing there to take its place. Now, let's go back to Webster. Doesn't it sound so simple? God, he made it so simple here. But why is it so hard? Why is it so hard? Because it's easy. Are you ready? It's easy to get negative. Getting negative is easy. Sometimes you have to work to find the positive in something. Even though Romans tells us that he works all things together for our good. It didn't say all things were good. He said he's going to work all things together. So this thing that I'm going through may not be good, but I can rest assured that he is going to bring good out of it because he loves me that much. And when he becomes the center of that thought life of mine, then I understand what peace is. A state of quiet tranquility, freedom from disturbance or agitation. Now, let me ask you, do, will we do it perfect all the time? Nope. There are some times that I'd just rather drag somebody out a window <laughs> Don't look at me like that. He's too funny. You, you weren't the person inside that window I tried to grab. <laughs> I'm telling you the truth. Why? Because I was letting something else replace him at the center of my thought life. I took offense that someone called me stupid. I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm telling you something that really happened to me, y'all. You, you I, 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 I took offense at that. And so I'm in the drive-thru, and I jumped out the car window and into the window. See, if I can tell you this about me, you're okay. <laughs> I went in the window of Burger King. <laughs> but why? Why do and people, oh, pastor should never tell that stuff about himself. Why? So you'd think that, I'll, no, it's what happened. But you know why? Because in an instant, I had a choice. In an instant, I had a choice. What is my focus? So many times, we change our focus in an instant, and we get our eyes. Isn't that what happened to Peter when he was walking on in the middle of a storm? Just took a second to get his eyes off of Jesus. 
And so many times in my life it takes just a second for me to get my eyes off of the center. And when my eyes fall off of the center, then all I see is the chaos around. And when all I see is the chaos around, then I can't find a state of quiet tranquility anymore because my focus has changed. I've grown up a little bit since then, you know. Things like that don't happen now. <laughs> what is peace? It is freedom from internal commotion. It's freedom. When, when I begin to let him be the center, then I can be free from in. That's where the commotion is. Most of the time what's going on on the outside is not as bad as we think it is. It's just not. But I've built this thing up in my head so big that now it's all I think about. It's freedom from agitation or disturbance by the passions as from fear, terror, anger, anxiety, or the like. It is quietness of the mind. This is where God wants you to live. And he tells us how do you get there when we take authority or control of our own thoughts we, we fix our thoughts on Him and we don't let these other things replace Him as the center of our thought life. When we allow our emotions to get the best of us, that's what happened to me that day. I let my emotion get the best of me. I took my eyes off of my center. People say, well, I just got to find my center. Well, my center is Jesus. And he keeps me where I need to be. And then as a result of that, I can enjoy quietness in my mind. As a result of him being the center, I can enjoy peace from internal commotion. Now, I want to leave you with something else. Because there's a second part of this definition that we need to look at. Because if that was just the only part, would be good. But he says... Peace is also freedom from private quarrels, suits or disturbance. Oh. You mean the fruit of the Spirit also has to do with how I deal with other people? <laughs> freedom from private quarrels, suits or disturbance. It's harmony, concord. It's a state of reconciliation between parties of variance. It means to hold the peace, to be silent, gotta let things settle, to suppress one's thoughts. Here's the big one not to speak. <laughs> So not only is peace the opposite of worry, but it means that if we're going to portray peace and walk in the Spirit, it's going to be a direct reflection with how we deal with other people. And let me tell you something, folks. We cannot hold an angry spirit towards someone else and expect to walk in perfect bliss and call ourselves spiritual. Because we're living in the Spirit, but we're not walking in the Spirit. 
Are you with me? To hold the peace, to be silent, to suppress thoughts, to not speak, or to be free from private quarrels. Let's look at that for a second. To be, what does it mean to be free from private quarrels? Let me ask you. And don't, don't answer. Just keep looking straight ahead. Stay as quiet as you are today. Are we carrying hurt? Are we carrying hurtful feelings towards someone? Then what we're doing, we're sowing to our flesh. And according to Galatians 6, we sow to our flesh, we reap corruption. Yeah, but you don't know what they did to me. You don't know how bad they hurt me. You don't know what they said to me. You, we all got it. We all got it. But what you hold on to, what you decide to hold on to in your life is what determines your life, not them. At that point, they're actually, well, and I won't go into that yet. Go to Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12, verse 14. I, I, I love the way the message puts this. He says, bless your enemies. Well, dag on. That ain't fine. Hey, we're talking deep stuff now. People say that we want meat of the word. You know why it's called meat? It's hard to swallow. He says, bless your enemies. Bob uh, quoted a scripture yesterday that, that he says, he says, don't rejoice when your enemy falls. Mm -mm. Thank you, Rachel. Bless your enemies. No cursing under your breath. <laughs> Laugh with your happy friends when they're happy. Share tears when they are down. Get along with each other. Don't be stuck up. That's why I love the message. I know it's a paraphrase. It's not a translation. But I like the way he put it. Don't be stuck up. Make friends with nobodies. Don't be the great somebody. So let's start out. Bless your enemies. We all have people who've hurt us. We have all have people that we've been done bad. Folks, it is time this thing has ruled you long enough. And I'm here today to tell you, you can be free and you can walk in peace, but you're going to have to make the conscious choice to release them of that hurt. You're going to have to today make a conscious choice to release them from that hurt. If not, you are still holding on to it. My grandmother used to say to me all the time, you, it'll never heal if you keep picking it. <laughs> I am from West Virginia, so... <laughs> She also used to say, it'll keep stinking as long as you stir it. <laughs> Let's just be real here, because this is what we do. We don't let something settle. We don't let it go. We hold on to it, and here we are, five years later, still hanging on to one thing that happened rather than move on, and they have moved on, and they don't even remember why you felt that way. They don't remember why you're doing this, and all of a sudden, you're standing there, and everything is in chaos, and you wonder, why can't I have peace? Because you won't let go of chaos. 
Bless your enemies. No cursing under your breath. He's not talking about curse words. He's talking about your relationship with these folks. Verse 17. This gets harder, you ready? Don't hit back. Discover beauty in everyone. You do not know what I will live through. You don't know. What you lived through was an instance. But God's calling you to go and look for something inside of that. You're inside of that person. You're going to have to make a choice to let go. Some of you have been holding on to something for way too long. And it, is, it has taken up your mind. It has taken up your thoughts. It keeps popping back and you can't get over it. It's because you've kept it around like a pet. And every now and then you put it in your lap and you stroke it. And you pet it. And then you put it back down and think, well, okay, I relived that long enough. Don't, don't stay in this thing. And you wonder why you can't get peace in your life. Sometimes we need, Angie, we need to just let it go. And I need to look at the person who did me that way. And I need to use the real F word on them. Forgiveness. And I look at them and I forgive them. But they didn't ask for it. This ain't about them. This is about me. This is about me walking in peace. And I need to relinquish all rights to get even. I need to relinquish all thoughts that, 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 that I hope they trip and fall down the stairs. I need to release everything. I need to release them of that. Because I need to be free. I need to walk in peace. And I need to release them or else it will always be a ball and chain around my foot. Not theirs. But they hurt me bad. I know. Let the thing scar. Scars mean you went through it. But it doesn't hurt anymore. Just like the one over my eye right here. I remember jumping a fence. I remember falling on my head. But it don't hurt anymore. Matter of fact, I forget which eye it is. No, it's that one. Why? Because I had to release that pain. So, oh, somebody needs you need to release it. But it's hard. And you're going to have to work at it. And it's going to be difficult. And that's okay. But if you want peace, you're going to have to let it go. He says, don't hit back. Discover beauty in everyone. If you've got it in you, get along with everybody. Don't insist on getting even. That's not for you to do. I'll do the judging, says God. I'll take care of it. So if I'm going to walk in peace... And I'm going to let the Holy Spirit produce. He wants to produce peace in me. He's in you. He's in all of us right now. I'm looking around the room. I know just about everybody. I know everybody in here. He's in you. He wants to release that peace. All right? But I am going to have to do something. To not get caught up in this, I'm going to have to let it go. 
I'm going to have to say, I forgive. What does it mean to forgive? We'll go into that maybe in a few weeks. But I'll give you one, one definition of the word forgive. means to treat the offender as not guilty. Well, now that's hard, man. Yeah, it's hard. But that's one of the definitions. To treat the offender as not guilty. That means I want to look at Bob. And I'm going to say, you know what? I want to treat you like you didn't do it. And when I look at you, I'm not holding on to this pain. And I'm not holding on to this anger. And I, I, I give up my right to be angry. I give up my right to be vengeful. I give up my right to all this stuff. I release you. I will treat you like you never did it. And I might have a scar. And I might remember, but it don't hurt anymore because I've moved on. I'm not going to be held in the same place all my life for something I refuse to let go of. Oh, yeah. The next part of that definition was to live in harmony. What does it mean to live in harmony? Harmony is this. Harmony is a state of being in quiet agreement with another, even if disagreement may be present. Harmony is being in quiet agreement with someone even if disagreement is present. We see this in, in large groups of people all the time. We can't just agree to disagree. It's like, you don't see it my way, I'll go over here. And I'll get this one, this one, this one, this one, this one, this one, this one to see it my way. And then we're going to form a coalition against him. Now we all sit this way and he don't sit there. See, what... What harmony is, and it produces God's peace in my life, is when I say, you don't see it my way, I don't see it your way, but we still see the beauty in each other, we still see God in each other, and we're still going to decide we're going to get along whether we see it the same or not. Now that means that I give up my right to go over here and tell so-and-so my issue with him. I give up my right to go over here and tell so-and-so my issue with him. Me and him have issues, but they and him don't have issues. See, if I want God's peace to produce in my life, I'm going to give up that. I'm going to say, you see it one way, I see it another. That's one thing I like about Ted. You all think I'm joking. We don't see everything the same. I mean, some things you'd think they were big ideas that we see things differently on. But does that, does that change our relationship at all? You'd never know it. Why? Because I don't, I, I, I don't, I don't want to dwell on that mess. Folks, we're, we're held in bondage a lot of times by what we just choose to dwell on. Now, we see things on the same page a whole lot more than we don't. Guess what? Even in church, you're never going to see things exactly like someone else. You're never going to fully agree with me. And you know what, Emily? That's okay. It doesn't change how much we love each other. And it doesn't change, I hope, it, what Emily wants to walk in peace. She's not going to go over here to her sister and say, Monica, let me tell you, that thing that Pastor Brent does or says or whatever. I, I, right? Because we give that up. Because we want God's peace to reign. 
well, I want God's peace in my life. So harmony is a state of quiet agreement with someone, even when disagreement is present. So, go to Psalms 133. And harmony is not trying to get a, 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 an army on your side. And it's not trying to isolate someone you disagree with. I love the message translation. How wonderful, how beautiful when brothers and sisters get along. It's like the costly anointing oil flowing down head and beard, flowing down on Aaron's beard and flowing down to the collar of his priestly robes. It is like the dew of Mount Hermon flowing down on on the slopes of Zion. Yes, this, that's where God commands his blessing and ordains eternal life. Where does God command his blessing? When brothers and sisters get along. In unity. And when that unity is there, does that mean you see everything eye to eye all the time? You, you, we agree on everything. No. But in our disagreements, we refuse to go and talk about our disagreements. And we have our disagreements, but we still decide we're on the same direction. And I still see the beauty in them. And I still see God in them. And I say, what we disagree on is not worth our relationship together. Ephesians chapter 4. And in that, while you're flipping, in that is where God commands His blessing. Is in that union. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 29. From the Good News Translation. Do not use harmful words, but only helpful words. Oh. Do not use harmful words, but only helpful words. The kind that build up and provide what is needed. Now that doesn't mean that correction doesn't come. Correction is helpful. Amen? Uh, he said, "Use uh, they may provide what is needed so that what you say will do good to those who hear you. And do not make God's holy... Here, us Pentecostals love this verse. If you want King James Version, it says, And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God where it has been sealed. I love how the uh, good news puts it. And do not make God's Holy Spirit sad. For the Spirit is God's mark of ownership on you. A guarantee that the day will come when God will set you free. Now, why do Pentecostals love that verse? Because we try to separate it from the verse I just read. Don't grieve the Holy Spirit. That means if you don't let people pray in tongues, you're grieving the Holy Ghost. If you don't have people fall out in service, you're grieving the Holy Ghost. If you don't have people getting drunk and laughing in the Holy Ghost, you're grieving. We we decide what grieves the Holy Ghost. What grieves the Holy Ghost is how we treat people. It has nothing to do with our little Pentecostal stuff. He says, (laughs) he says, don't use harmful words. Only helpful words. So if I use harmful words, it grieves the Holy Ghost. Oh, come on. I just want the Holy Spirit to move in my life. Maybe you need to change the way you talk about people. 
Try that over here. <laughs> you want the Holy Ghost to move in your life? Change the way you talk about people. This, this verse is sandwiched right in between there. It's funny how what we thought we were going to decide what grieved the Holy Ghost. When he tells us what grieves him, come on. Pastor Ted, people don't like stuff like that. And don't make God's Holy Spirit sad. So he says in 29, don't use harmful words, but only the words you say should be building people up. Do not make God's Holy Holy Spirit Spirit sad. sad. Look at verse 31. Get rid of all bitterness. He's telling you what grieves the Holy Spirit. Get rid of all bitterness, passion, and anger. He says get rid of it. Get rid of anger. Pastor, that's hard. I know. I wish it was easy. I I wish it was easy. (laughs) You can do it. He said no more shouting or insults. Holy smokes. Grieving the Holy Spirit. No more shouting or insults. And if I would add to the scripture, I would put door slamming in there. (laughs) I hate to hear somebody slam a door. (laughs) That drives me crazy. (laughs) Nobody here does that, right? (laughs) That's just the Brent version. Get rid of bitterness, passion, and anger. No more shouting or insults. No more hateful feelings of any sort. Instead, how do I get peace? Instead, be kind and tenderhearted to one another. Forgive one another as God has forgiven you. No matter how mad someone has made us, if we will take our own responsibility and forgive, If we will take our own responsibility, we can walk in God's peace. Y'all okay a little more? 1 Timothy chapter 2, out of the Amplified Version, verse 8. 1 Timothy chapter 2, he said, I desire therefore in every place that men should pray without anger or quarreling or resentment or doubt in their minds. Lifting up holy hands. <laughs> See, when I get rid of this stuff, Greg, then the Holy Spirit produces peace. Then all of a sudden, I don't have that internal commotion anymore. I don't have that problem. That, that uh, I can sleep. I'm not constantly thinking about what D did to me. I'm not trying to sleep on that little cord that runs around the edge of the mattress. <laughs> yeah, anybody ever done that one? <laughs> See, I'd have to do that because I told her when we got married, I said, I'll never sleep on a couch. I will always sleep in my bed, and if you don't like it, you're just going to have to get, rid- get used to it because I'm going to be right there with you. <laughs> not that that's ever been a problem. <laughs> last one, the part, last part of that definition says... That peace is to hold the peace. To be silent. Why would I want to hold the peace? Because my mouth gets me in a lot of trouble. Am I alone? (laughs) (laughs) Ephesians chapter 4. We're going to close out right here. In just about two more scriptures. Three more, four more, five. I don't know. I got a bunch. 
Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth. Now, we have a think. We, we think that means don't be cussing. That ain't what it means at all. It's talking about words that are not fit to be used toward another. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is necessary for edification that it may be that it may impart grace to the hearers. So the words out of my mouth. Now see, this is real hard when we get around our buddies because we think I can trust them. And so I'll get with, with them and I'll tell them everything that I have wrong with D. Because, you know, they're never going to say anything. But is my words coming out of my mouth imparting grace to them? Yeah, but I'm just talking to my buds. If it's not imparting grace to help, why do I even want to say it? Man, it gets, Kyle, it's quiet, dude. Listen, verse 30. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God. We just read this, right? By whom you were sealed in the day of redemption. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away with you with all malice. That means it ought, it ought, you ought, it ought to be a fight that you get these words out of our mouth. Can you imagine what a church could do if it operated like this? where we wasn't talking about people, we weren't talking about each other. Flip back a, a chapter, or a, a, over a chapter to a Colossians. Colossians chapter 4, verse 6. Let your speech always be with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how you ought to answer each one. So let your speech always. I've told you several times about that pastor friend of mine. I want to share him with you again. I've never heard him speak a bad word about anybody. I saw his daughter and a former husband go through something horrendous. Never said a word. To anybody. I'm like, Man, I'm, you got to let this out. It's going to blow up. You're going to blow up because that's what we've told ourselves, right? you got to let it out or you're going to blow up. Why? Why can't I just let it go? Mm. Why can't I just, here, let it go? I, I just refuse to think about it anymore, Rachel. Dennis, I just refuse to, I, I'm not going to dwell on that mess anymore. And when I talk about it, I'm not. I'm going to talk grace. I'm going to talk peace that it may bring salt. It's a, it's a nice seasoned word. Go to James chapter 1 verse 26. Last two scriptures. I'm going to let you go because everybody should feel good. <laughs> Folks, I'm telling you, if we if will do this, you will walk in more peace than you have ever had in your life. And it's, it is that easy. It is easy. In, 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 in James chapter 1, verse 26, he says, If anyone among you thinks he is religious, 
and does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his own heart, this one's religious relig religion is useless. They're gone. Come on, breathe, folks. If we don't bridle our tongue and we think we're religious, he says our religion is useless. Man. Everybody go like this. Did I ever tell you about the time I split my tongue in half? I was sleigh riding and fell off a sled and something caught me my tongue and cut it right in half. <laughs> I got scars. <laughs> and I remember that doctor laid me there and put a sheet over my face. He said, stick your tongue out. And this will be the only time in your life you get to do this and not get in trouble. So stick your tongue out. This will be the only time you get to do it and not get in trouble. Point at that thing. What are you waiting on? You waiting on something? Okay. If I control that, if I grab that thing before it gets away from me, I'm walking in peace. Before this thing turns the rudder of my life, as James says, I get control of it. And when I want to talk bad about D, I won't. And when I, 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 when I want to talk bad about Idra, I don't. And I realize me and Idra don't see everything eye to eye, but I still love her because she's still part of my body. She's still part of me. She's still part of the family. And I have got nothing. Listen, we don't, we're not going to see everything eye to eye. Man, can you imagine what a church would be? Can you imagine how powerful the body of Christ would be if we would get that thing under control? He says, the one who thinks he's religious but doesn't bridle his tongue is deceived in his heart and his religion is useless. Last one. Pastor, this is hard. I'm not leaving here real happy today. But I tell you what, you can leave changed. We don't worry about being happy. happy. Happy changes in an instant. We're looking for peace that passes understanding. Psalms 30, 30, what is it? It's a nine. Psalms 39, verse one. I said, I will guard my ways lest I sin with my tongue. Ooh. I will guard my ways lest I sin with my tongue. I will restrain my mouth with a muzzle while the wicked are before me. Because there's a whole lot of people living out there today that said, the way I see Christians treat each other, why in the world would I want to be around of those? Why in the world? They gossip, they backbite, they talk about each other, they're mean to each other, they're hateful. So David had a fix for this. He said, I will guard my ways lest I sin with my mouth, with my tongue. And I will restrain my mouth with a muzzle while the wicked are before me.
And when I put this whole thing together today, where Jesus becomes my focus, he's the, see, if he's my focus, I don't have time to talk about Monica. And if he's my focus, I don't have time to, 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 to spend on how, how Sheila hurt me. Because I just don't care anymore. He's my focus. And all of a sudden, I lay down at night and I go to sleep. And my sleep is good. And Hey, this is where God wants you. I'm not having all this internal commotion. I'm just walking in the Spirit. Which is so much better than living in Him. Amen? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for who you are and what you are in our life. Oh, dear Lord, I wish I could say I do it right all the time, Father, but I don't. So I ask for your help. Help me be remindful of what goes on in my life. Help me be remindful of what goes on in my spirit that I can control the peace in my life. I can allow Holy Spirit to produce it because I refuse to let anything stand in the way of my peace. My peace is not worth me giving this up for anything. And I thank you in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. Amen.